Welcome. My name is Sean. If you've been following Dan's State of the Church uh, videos, we are going to be doing a follow-up conversation related to each one. Today, we're going to be looking at Dan's journey over the last 30-plus months. Uh, my name's Sean. I'm joined with Jorn and Jake. We're all pastors at Calvary Church. And, you know, as we looked at Dan's journey over the last 30-plus months, he pointed out his theme of surrender. So just to get our conversation going, uh, just curious, uh, what has your theme been for the last 30 or so months? Jake? Hey, you go ahead. Seniority. Well, I'm not sure I have a theme, but I definitely have a verse that has resonated with me pretty much through the whole 30 months, and it's basically the verse in Ephesians that says, you know, salvation is by grace through faith so that no man can boast. And I really feel that, you know, initially heading into the pandemic, that not just myself, but a lot of people, a lot of leaders, you know, came to the place where they realized that a a lot of what they were doing was in their own strength. It was really based in their own works. And so, you know, when things kind of unraveled and the church had to, you know, stop being what it was, you know, for years and years and years, you know, there was an identity crisis that mm -hmm. I believe that happened yeah. with a lot of a lot of people, including myself, where, you know, the things that I was doing got stripped away from me. And I realized that a lot of that had to do with, uh, you know, trusting in my own abilities to make things work and make the church work and, you know, finding my place where, uh, you know, my own salvation per se was caught up in the idea of like, well, I do all these things uh, to prove my faith. Mm. And now that they've been taken away, what do I actually have left? You know, and it really left, I think, the church in a vulnerable state left me in a vulnerable state. You know, there were times where like, why am I even in ministry? Like, you know, all the things I do have been taken away and now I have to kind of decide yep. like, where do I go from here? So that, that was a real challenge for me. Uh, just kind of evaluating what that looked like. Yeah. yeah it was good. I, feel, I feel like a lot of people noticed how easy it is to do ministry without God during right. that COVID time. Cause you look back and you see, yeah, when you have that stuff stripped away from you, it's like, oh man, yeah, a lot of this was just me doing a job. It wasn't actually ministry. It wasn't actually bringing God into the stuff that I'm doing. Um, so I felt that a little bit too. That was a weird place to be. Yeah, I think, you know, that we can easily become professionals yeah. at what we do. And, you know, I think that across the board, a lot of, you know, ministries have recognized that not only just you know, the church here in State College in the region, but really even in America. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's good. I think uh, a personal theme for me would be something uh, that kind of affected my family. Uh, in 2017, we were going through some uh, personal transitions, and it was uh, the verse from Psalm 46, 10. It says, to be still and know that I'm God. And I know at the beginning of the pandemic, that became kind of a, a theme verse for our church as well. Uh, and we had that time. Then we, we lost some of the chaos and some of the sense of busyness, and we were able to, to be still. But, but now coming out of a pandemic and, and you know, maybe being post-pandemic, it's, it's easy to drift back towards the busyness again. And, and I have to continually be reminded about what my, what my personal time with Jesus looks like. How am I creating space for him? And that's a theme that I've – 
I've been carrying along with me, but I, I want to keep it at the forefront uh, of my own mind. You know, Dan mentioned, you know, and we've heard it uh, so many times from him <laughs> that we, as we've gone through this global transition, it's not a temporary interruption, but it's a transitional disruption and that difficult times can be catalytic for growth. How have either of you have experienced that, whether it's a ministry or in your personal lives? Yeah, I mean, I think this goes along for me with with the first question as well. But the the growth I've experienced. So, if you don't know me, I am uh, I'm very introverted. Um, <laughs> we were joking before this because I had a a long weekend of a lot of people, so I'm just feeling you know that drain. But you know, ca- kind of what I found out early on during the pandemic was I, I probably get more alone time than I I ever think I do. I'm just not using it well. Mm. And so there was a lot of alone time that wasn't actually restful time. So I think part of the the growth that I've seen, part of that disruption was God saying, you know, stop using your introvertedness as an excuse to be alone, especially if you're not going to use that alone time to find that rest, to find that relax- relaxation. I'm still work like I'm still not great at that because it's so much easier to get that alone time and like lay down and watch a movie or, you know, I like to play video games. So there's, there's things that I do that can be restful, but don't bring rest. And so there's been a a process of letting God change that piece of me, surrendering the, the alone time, um, the best of my ability and that, that transitional disruption or yeah, disruption of, um, just kind of totally seeing alone time differently and using it as a way to glorify God mm. rather than feel like this is me time. This is for yeah, me yeah, looking good. at that alone time as well. This is, this is me and God time. I think that's God kind of wired me to connect with him in, in very different, more meaningful ways when I'm alone. Um, I don't think he just decided, Hey, you need to be away from people. I think that was a <laughs> spend some time with me not yeah, just doing nothing. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, I'm the, I'm the complete opposite of Jake, you know, in how I operate, you know, I'm much more of a, you know, I feed off of people. I'm highly extroverted. You know, it creates, um, a unique way of the way that I look at production and how much I can produce, you know, because of being able to have a lot of connectedness with people mm-hmm. and wanting to be with people and, engaging with them in one way or another. Um, but, you know, I think the area that's really helped me is this idea. It's, it's, it's quality over quantity. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think when you have an experience like the pandemic, which again, as I mentioned before, strips away a lot of the things that you do, uh, it does give you an opportunity to, you know, to have hindsight, to look back at your life, look back at your ministry, look back at what you've been doing and ask yourself, you know, where's the fruit at? Is there really like long-term fruit uh, out of what you've been doing? Um, And so sometimes the fruit looks like a lot because you're just picking everything off of every tree, you know, as fast as you can, Um, but you're not always picking what's ripe, you know, and I, I know that that's a unique analogy, but at the same time, I believe it's it's evident of a lot of what we do, you know, it's like, Hey, look at all that I've done. And I think, you know, that really what God wants us to do is maybe just, you know, focus a little bit more on, 
you know, the specifics of how we're uniquely shaped and to use that in a way that really is producing lasting mm, results, good. you know, where it's not always high productivity, but really it's about the quality of what you're investing in. Yeah, yeah. that's excellent. And COVID really forced that. Yeah, and it did. you didn't yeah. really have the opportunity to do a bunch of different things. You you had to look at like, okay, how am I going to do one or two things that will produce fruit during this time? Like it really yeah. forced you to, yeah. to narrow down. Yeah, Zoom meetings killed me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I wasn't yeah. with people and I, I just... You know, I was shriveling on the vine, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, literally. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so we uh, were able to look back a little bit. Looking forward, what do you think the theme of the next chapter for us at Calvary will be? Well, I mean, I'll jump in. I, I, you know, I think there's multiple themes. I think there's multiple things that you know, God is uniquely doing with Calvary as a ministry locally and globally. I think we, you know, have a good vision for, you know, what it means to, you know, create disciples and to, you know, build the kingdom of mm-hmm. God. I think as, as you know, kind of a more of a DNA, ex, you know, expression, it's really, I think it's, you know, for me, it feels more like, you know, trust and faithfulness in the process. I think that, you know, we, we need to come to the place where, uh, you know, when Jesus is speaking to us, we, we just do what he tells us to yeah. do. You know, mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of negotiating with that kind of conversation with the Lord, you know, where our role's at and what we're doing. Because we do a lot of things really well, um, but at the same time, you know, Dan has, you know, really challenged us to consider what is the best thing, what mm-hmm. is the, the good thing. And the good thing is going to take, I think, more faith and more trust in the process that God's asked us to go through. Yeah. Um, and when the church is able to identify, you know, again, like doing what they know they're really good at versus doing what takes faith, I think we're going to see the exponential growth that mm. we're kind of looking for yeah. in the next, you know, seven to eight years. Yeah, that, that's really interesting, Joanne. You say trust and faithfulness. I might, I might add into that patience too. You know, are we coming – are we coming to the table with uh, a sense of expectancy for what is to come as we look at, at, at the, the vision uh, to see the number of Jesus apprentices doubled by the year 2030? That, that, that year is getting closer and closer and closer. And I think you also mentioned about disciples in there and the, the vision, you know, and, and as we look back, you know, I think we could agree that the church has done a good job of making disciples, but it may not have gone any further than that. The church may not, and I'm talking the big C church, may not have done a great job of making disciples who are then disciple makers. Mm. And that and that's part of a theme that I see moving forward at Calvary that really gets me excited. Yeah. Yeah, I think with both of those, uh, you know, we, we talk nonstop about front yard mission. I mean, that's uh, so much of this ties into that with the trust and the faithfulness and the patience and disciples making disciples. It's like we, we understand front yard mission is, is asking people to take a step that a lot mm. of people might be uncomfortable with. Like, I know mm. that's, that's not, I'm an introvert. That's not my, my wheelhouse. I know yeah. you can go and knock on a neighbor's door and be delighted <laughs> if they answer it. I'm knocking like, Oh man, what am I going to say? Um, I mean, some of my first conversations were like the classic. So how about that weather? And it's just like, wow, you're awkward, Jake. Like, you got to figure it out. <laughs> but it's taking those steps, trusting that God's going to use something like that. And, yeah, I just think it's this general call to to not be 
consumers. Like mm. I think so many of us, myself included, have have fallen victim to being a consumer in the church rather than someone who is producing Jesus apprentices. And so I think that's such a big call moving forward and, and such a push of this this new transition um, to stop consuming and and take the sometimes uncomfortable, a whole lot of the time awkward step to, to be a Jesus apprentice. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think, you know, that, you know, a term that people use sometimes, especially when you're trying to create something that's cohesive and unified and everybody's kind of on the, you know, the same wavelength as far as what we're happening is really, especially with leaders, you know, we really need to be one voice. Mm-hmm. Like when people come to us, no matter what the scenario is, they should be hearing the same thing from each of us. There sure. shouldn't be a lot of, uh, you know, deviation in how we're communicating. It should be clear and concise and, you know, just a reminder that, hey, this is where we're heading and we're going to stay the course. And I think part of being like that creates that patience, you know, that we need with people, yeah. you know, where people can be a little anxious and, you know, sometimes even overzealous with what they want to do or think they need to do. Yeah. But, you know, as long as we're, you know, communicating consistently the same things over and over again, we're not going back to normal. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're not going back to the way we are. We're going we're gonna to press into what God has told us to do. And um, we're going to be faithful to do the, th- you know, the two things that Jesus has asked us, and that is the Great Commission and to love our neighbors and yeah. to do that well. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. I think to wrap this up, uh, you know, Dan um, mentioned in his video that there was this work of demolition uh, in his life that that kind of happened uh, through the season. But he, he made the comment. He said, "It's not just how well I love God, but how much God loves me." And I'm reminded of the story of the writer of the song "How He Loves," John Mark McMillan, and he said, "It's not just that." God loves me. It's not just that God loves us. It's how he displays that, that love to us. And um, Dan talked about being a friend of God. And um, he said that part of his prayer is God put me in the place where you can love me best. And I just thought that that was so powerful. And um, that's just something we want to leave the audience with today. Know that, yes, God does love you, yeah. but it's how he loves you. Yes. You are loved. So, hey, thanks for joining us uh, for this conversation today. Stay tuned for some more.